0: There is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone.
1: Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows that used to be on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve.
0: And I'm Sean Fangirlass, and tonight we'll be discussing episode 4 of season 6 of The Expanse. Okay. So every episode, I have to ask in case you've seen anything, any news on anything happening? Nope. Another season. (laughs) I'm going to ask every time because you always seem to find stuff that I don't even see. So I'm hoping one of these episodes, you're going to be like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Somebody is picking us up. So if anybody else hears anything, let us know so we can be like, Oh my gosh. Yes. But until that, we'll just have to go through episode by episode because there's only a few left.
1: Yeah, do after this one.
0: Oh, that hurts my heart.
1: Yep, big time.
0: This episode hurt my heart so many times. I didn't understand. I had to message, Steve, a couple times. I was (laughs) like, what about this? I can't believe this. I think there was a couple OMGs and WTFs in there. (laughs) Yep. A lot of capital letters happening everywhere, so I say we jump in so I can share my outrage and disgust and my WTFs with everyone. <laughs> All
1: right, Episode 4, Redoubt. A controversial decision puts Holden at odds with his crew. On Cersei's, Solara struggles to contain an escalating humanitarian crisis, and Drummer's growing faction stage a daring raid. Philip makes an unexpected discovery. Boy, I wonder if Boba Fett could ever learn to do recaps like that.
0: That doesn't <laughs> give anything away. No, it's it doesn't. Very concise and gives it, you more than stuff happened.
1: Yeah, Boba holds court. Right. Well, yeah. we open on Laconia with Gary, Dot, and Cara mourning the loss of Xan. We see Laconians attend awake for the young boy, including Admiral. Darte. Darte chats with Kara about grief and how that translates for adults. Interestingly, this scene is our proper introduction to the infamous Admiral, one that makes him appear empathetic and understanding. Book readers know better. I wondered who the heck he was supposed to be. Right. Of course, Kara doesn't know his history. He also talks about sacrifice and how he gave up something he loved, supposedly Mars, something that broke his heart, for something better, Laconia. Suddenly, Kordazar barges in with news for the Admiral regarding their ongoing project.
0: That doesn't sound good.
1: No, something either went horribly wrong or horribly good. But horrible nonetheless. Yes. During his conversation with Kara, the young girl encouraged him not to give up on what he loved.
0: Oh, girl, don't say that. You don't know what he's doing.
1: Exactly. So... That night, when her parents are asleep, Kara takes the slab with Zan's body and makes haste for the glade.
0: How does nobody see this kid sneaking off with a <laughs> goddamn body? Okay, right. It's not like she's sneaking a little bird out. No. It's a whole, like, gurney she's running off with. Yes, And honestly, I'm going to tell you, I'm starting to wonder if the colonel or admiral, whatever, whatever title yeah, admiral. he has, If he's not the one who freaking hit Zane. like That wouldn't surprise me either. He's coming in like, oh, yeah, it's horrible. And this, that, and the other. It's like, why do I feel like you were the one who did it? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why. I could be completely wrong. But I don't know. He was just giving off that kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. When he ran out into the roadway. It's like, right? how did you know he ran out into the roadway? Exactly.
1: Yeah. And how did he know that they were supposed to be in Paris?
0: Yeah, it's like, okay, you know a little too much. That's creepy. I mean, yes. I guess if you're settlers and, like, you know certain things about your people, but I don't know, it had a creepy vibe. Yes, it did. Thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one who was <laughs> like, okay, what's no. up with this creeper?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we go check in on Marco and Philip as Marco tells the senior officer aboard the Granicus to space the two senior officers on the lobber for how they failed to help the Pella win the battle against the Rossinati. After yeah, he ends the fine. call, yeah, he orders Rosenfeld to send the Granulus official outside the airlock if he complains about his instruction. Face him because they failed him. Yeah,
0: or maybe because you failed. Maybe you need to go for a little walk too. Yes. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Meanwhile,
1: Philip must work with. Repair Technician Tadeo as punishment for losing the Rossi fight.
0: I will tell you the way everything played out with Philip, that maybe he wasn't, well, until the end with him. Right. Maybe it was better for him being there with that guy. Oh, absolutely. Like, he seemed to, like, laugh and not feel so self-conscious about everything he's doing. Right. So I really felt like, you know what, maybe this is way better for Philip right now. Yep, I
1: kind of get a feeling this might be something that turns out to be something very important to Philip. So Rosenfeld pulls Philip aside and encourages him to apologize to Marco, even though the latter is wrong. You're damn right it is. (laughs) "Mm, I don't think so. Yep, Tadeo shows Philip the repair tech. Ignition ropes and the pair bond over family. Tadeo discloses he hasn't heard from his brother since the explosion on Ceres. Mm, a little suspicious about that myself. And the Free Navy Tech gushes about how close he is with his sibling. Philip's defensiveness begins to finally melt away. Then we see Philip and Tadeo inspecting the ship damage up close and personal. That it was cool to see Philip trying to replace those plates. And then get distracted by Tadeo watching the series news and almost loses the panel.
0: Yeah, I'm like, it's like a video game. He's just plugging things in. Oh, that's cool. And then it's like, he's trying to listen without listening. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not like you're eavesdropping. Right. I was thinking they were going to show that old man, not the old man, but like the guy with the cat was right. supposed to be his brother or something. Yeah. I mean, they still might. We don't really have that information yet. No, we don't. Well,
1: they locate the MCRN warhead lodged in the vessel's side. But Philip and Tadeo notice it's disarmed once they reel it in and the duo carry it inside. Uh, It's funny. Tadeo was picking on Philip so
0: much in this scene. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. He's (laughs) like, ah, ah, my arm. (laughs) He's like, I'm just kidding. I was like, oh, my God, he's hazing him. And, like, seriously hazing him. I was freaking out, though. I'm like, oh, my God, is it going to blow up? What's happening? Right. Seriously, dude. Seriously.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Rosenfeld informs Marco that the two senior most officers of the lobber received the airlock treatment. Even though the Grancius SO asked Rosenfeld to grant the lobber soldiers mercy, she didn't send him out into space. Much to Marco's irritation. It's also
0: against his orders.
1: And Roosevelt explains that sometimes Marco needs to
0: show just a tiny
1: bit of mercy.
0: But Marco doesn't think he needs to show mercy.
1: No. (laughs) He's Marco Anaros, And this shit rolls off his back. Everything's everybody else's fault. Do
0: you think she's going to get through to him? Do you think, like, her saying that is really going to be like, oh... Okay, maybe this is going to be all right if I actually listen to somebody else. Nope. (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. Nope, He's He's
1: Marco (laughs) Anaros. The only thing that matters to him. Interesting that we get two almost back-to-back scenes featuring the leaders of the UN and the Free Navy getting lessons on mercy. And Marco appears to see her side of things, but I'm not believing it. He asked Rosenfeld what her goals are once the war is over, and she states she wants the governorship of Medina Station. Yeah, now, no, in the is that all <laughs> is that all right? In the books, Rosenfeld serves as governor of Palace Station. Just for the book readers. Oh, okay. Meanwhile, Philip sits with Tadeo in the kitchen, and we learn that Tadeo still hasn't heard from his brother yet. And then, out of nowhere, everyone receives drummers. Broadcast to Marco, and they all watch as the system's most badass boss man verbally castrates Marco. Yeah, <laughs> not quite, but it was a good speech. I wish she she needed to say more. Drummer well, I mean, min- we
0: got to see a little bit more of her actual speech when they throw it up on the screen. Right. But yeah, I. it's like, mm, is that enough,
1: though? No, <laughs> it wasn't. She needed to say something that would have made Marco's followers stop and pause.
0: Like he's stealing from you, the food out of your mouth.
1: Exactly. Now, Drummer does mention the abandonment of Cersei and the supply depot. Of course, after her message, Tadeo questions Marco's intention. Philip delivers a blistering speech, defaming Drummer and anyone else impeding their path.
0: I thought it was interesting when he did that. I will tell you. Because he he looked really, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, he really believed it. Oh, yeah. But then when he walked away, you seen him, like, his mask totally change.
1: Yeah. So it's like.
0: Do you think he knew?
1: Well, I think what he was trying to do was not let any of them see his doubt about it. Mm -hmm. About what his dad was actually doing. And to keep anybody else from having any doubt because if you get a ship full of people going, I'm not so sure about this, you're going to get yourself killed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> true, true, true.
1: So he tells the crowd that the blood spilled and the run lost would be for naught If they bent the knee to drummer in the inners. there's no turning back.
0: Out now Philip exclaims as he walks out. I feel like, yeah, as soon as he walks out, you see his whole demeanor change. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, he doesn't believe what he's saying right now, but he knows exactly. that he is seriously outnumbered if they decide they're going to, like, rebel. Right. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Now, over on the Tynan before Drummer makes this speech, Drummer Joseph and Leanne Walker approach Margot's supply depot. Once inside, we see supplies of plenty, along with graffiti, including Poshang. In the Luanda, in other words, F the Inners. At the same time, Michu stays aboard the Tynan to look for potential incoming ships.
0: Hopefully she doesn't mess it up. Exactly.
1: Suddenly, guards stationed within the depot, open fire on Drummer and her forces.
0: Yeah, when I was sudden they're like, oh, I wonder why it's pressurized. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you knew something had to be up.
1: Yep, absolutely. And initially, Drummer wonders if they might be raiders. Well, as well, but she figures out that yeah, they could be Marco's soldiers waiting for another vessel to whisk their stores away. Drummer orders her crew to take no longer than an hour to collect supplies and get the hell out of Dodge. Mini explosion detonates, sending massive container heading groundward. Joseph knocks Drummer out of the way, and he's subsequently pinned beneath the said container. And it looks beyond.
0: Oh, my gosh. When that whole thing happened, I'm just like, ah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And Michu shows up and comes to the rescue. And Drummer's like, I told you to stay on the ship. But as they try to figure out what to do, if they lift the container, Joseph will bleed out. And Michu tells Joseph he loves him and apologizes for what she's about to do next.
0: Yeah, this, folks, is where I was texting a lot, going, oh, yes. my God. <laughs> With Drummer holding and Joseph,
1: Michu removes his arm. After watching Michu comforting Joseph on the, aboard the Tyne and Drummer records a biting message for Marco Anaros. She encourages him to raise the bounty on her head, but he's done more to hurt the belt than help it. And we see one of the supply depots broken free from the rest.
0: Honestly, I thought she was going to blow up a
1: bunch. That's what I thought too, but maybe they will find their way to a Sweet. free belter that can use it and give it to series.
0: Maybe. That would make sense. Yeah. Or she she's going to like, I don't know, catch up with the Rossinati and they're going to go through stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I kind of really thought that they'd try to take those depots I, and yeah, try I to haul they were them take, back like, all of them. S- <laughs> Yeah, Cersei, that's what I thought they were were gonna do, but apparently and then,
0: not. And then they would be screaming drummer's name over Marco. Yes.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile on series, Sandrani delivers an impassioned speech to their fellow belters after the water tank explosion on the station.
0: Holy crap. Yeah. I'm like, what is this crap? Yeah. It's like, seriously, this is major, major like abusive relationship of like, he just basically killed you guys, and you're like, we can't give up on him. It's like, no, no, you're not no. changing him. No, you're this not. This is definitely another message, in case you couldn't figure that out. I was <laughs> going yeah, crazy. Absolutely. And they urge the Belters
1: not to fall prey to the Inners' tactics, even though that wasn't the Inners that did. Right. Solara, Gareth Admiral Siddick, and Admiral Quirino, watched the scene unfurl as Belters feel empowered more than ever to turn against the combined forces of Earth and Mars.
0: They're <laughs> the ones there to help you right now. Yes. What yeah. are you thinking? Marcos is like, bye, two fingers, I'm out. Exactly. Quirino asks
1: Avasalara if the MCRN-UN fleet can stage an attack on Medina Station near the Ring Gate. Avasalara doesn't see the point in doing such a thing, so she refuses to send the U.N. After the Secretary General departs, Carino sends a message to Admiral Preston that Avicelara won't allow the stealth mission to disarm Medina. Thus, Preston declares that the MCRN will follow through with the plan
0: alone. I feel like that's a bad idea. Yes. (laughs) Such a bad idea. Especially with a bunch of them disappearing. Yeah. Yeah. not, Not good.
1: No. And Salara finds Monica among the dead, reciting facts about the Fallen for a recorded segment she plans to use for the Secretary General's commission documentary.
0: Hey, at least she made it.
1: Yes. Gareth rebukes Monica for the recording, but Salara appears moved by the display. We see footage of the older Belter man with his cat named Lucky Earther. We hear a translation of his conversation in Belcher with Monica spliced together with a horrific series, Explosion Scenes. Man reveals that he doesn't hate anyone. He only wants food, water, and a good life for his family. And we see him help the injured after the catastrophic event. It's incredibly touching and tear-inducing. However, is not all that impressed.
0: Oh my she- gosh. I was so mad when she's like, this doesn't make us look strong. It's like, no, no, yes. this is a humanitarian kind of thing. Yes.
1: Monica counters that that is the point. It makes everyone appear feeble. It levels the playing field. She urges Avasalar to see things from a Belter perspective. Monica believes showing mercy amid this humanitarian crisis is their best course of action. Mercy over Mike. Do you think
0: they'll see it that way?
1: Yeah, I think there is a possibility that Ava Solara might kind of turn things around a little bit here, but we'll have to see. Because <laughs> this isn't the only thing that's falling apart. As we go over to the Rossi, Naomi organized all the data she has on the pellet to transmit system-wide while Holden watches. His decision to disarm the warhead flying toward Marco Naro weighs heavily on him. Next, we see Amos and Bobby listening to music while working. I'm So Lonesome I could Cry by Hank William plays, and the pair recognize it as a favorite of the late Alex Kamal. They reminisce about their fallen friend and sing the tune together. And then Clarissa shows Amos an alarming discovery, proof that the warhead speeding towards Zappella wasn't defected but was disarmed by Holden. Amos vows to take care of the situation. Oh, this ain't going to be good.
0: (laughs) I honestly thought if Holden just told Amos, it's because I didn't want Naomi to see Philip die because he was on there, that Amos would have just been like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I kind of think that too. Yeah, no problem. But he is there only to kill Marco, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, but he's been like 100% for Naomi.
1: Right. But later on, Holden joins Amos outside to conduct repairs on the Rossi, and Amos confronts him regarding Clarissa's finding. Amos trusts Holden to do the right thing, and Holden fires back that he doesn't owe Amos an explanation, leaving out the core reason for his decision being Naomi's son. That was a mistake.
0: Yeah, I really do think it's a mistake. Yep,
1: he really should have told Amos that that's why he disarmed that weapon. Naomi continues her data assessment while Holden finally confesses his disarming of the warhead. And that doesn't make Naomi very happy, because now Marco and Philip's future kills rest on her shoulders.
0: I can't believe Holden, she's... Holden, you can't win for losing. No, I can't believe she was like, I can't believe you would do that. It's like, what, what? What? Yeah.
1: Holden's choice puts pressure on her. Holden explains he couldn't lie next to her at night knowing he's the one who murdered her son. Naomi divulges how she tried relentlessly to help Philip see reason, but Marco's influence runs too profoundly. And then we get a little chit-chat in the kitchen with Holden and Clarissa, and she tells Holden that Amos found out about the disarmed warhead through her. And Clarissa reveals the moment she decided not to kill him. It happened when they were all on the behemoth and Holden called for an end to the violence. Why not try something else? Clarissa talks about how heavily her actions weighed on her. She supports Holden's decision, citing, if you don't need to kill someone, don't do it.
0: I really thought this was where Holden would tell Clarissa the situation. Right. So that way somebody would know and somebody would understand it.
1: Right. But I think Clarissa figured it out. Now, did she tell Amos that that's what happened? I don't know. I think Clarissa might have known that Philip was Naomi's kid, Marcos's son. And you would think Amos probably should have put two and two together as well. Mm-hmm. And should have came out. Were you just trying not to kill Philip? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, if he literally said that, I didn't want to kill Naomi's son, and he yeah. was right there, that yep. everybody would have been like, Okay, maybe not Bobby, because Bobby was still super pissed. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, Bobby probably would be the last one to come around on this.
0: <laughs> so was there a bonus scene in this episode?
1: Yes, there actually was. And this scene is goes back to the previous episode where Clarissa is given the night ship control of the ship, and she wanders around the ship. Deciding to have it checked for any repairs that need to be done. And she notices something down below that she kind of tags in her memory. Adds this to what something that needs to be fixed. And then she ends up in the kitchen where she sees a report on her pad that her father has finally died. What? And that
0: was the bonus scene? Yes. I feel like that should have been in the, the regular show for us to see that.
1: Right, because she starts to shake, and next thing we see is her lying in the floor in the kitchen, and it is trash.
0: And yeah, I definitely her... feel like that should have been more than like, oh, we're just not going to talk about this.
1: Right, yeah, because she sits up and just basically breaks down because... She wanted her father to be a better man and a better father and love her like she loved him. And you just kind of, oh, damn. So I'm not sure if Julie was the favorite or if he just, he wanted a boy and didn't have any or what. I don't know what his trip was or he was just too much into trying to get as much power as possible.
0: I wonder if we're going to ever find anything out, or if they're going to be at this point like, just read the book, you'll get it then.
1: Yeah, (laughs) more than likely. And as always, we have some feedback from our friend Fred from the Netherlands. Let's hear what he thought about episode four.
2: Hello, Steve and Sean, and all listeners to the Vangirl Zone. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for DX Bonds, season six, episode four. I wish all the listeners to The Fangirl Zone a very good and happy 2022. And of course, all the health you can get, especially in this madness where we are in. And I not only wish that for the listeners, but of course also for you, Sean. And Steve. Last week I asked you whether you could see if uh, a relationship between Bobby and Amos could evolve and would be a threat for the relationship between Amos and Peaches. I didn't meant actually a love relationship, just a friendship. And even that could be a threat. And if you see them sing here together, there is a connection. But whether that will threat the connection between Peaches and Amos, I... Myself doubt that very much, but what could disturb, of course, is the fact that Bobby is out of the loop of the knowledge that James Holden switched off the torpedo towards the Pala. That could not only disturb the relationship between Bobby and James Holden, but also between Bobby and Amos and even the rest, because they all knew. I think Cirrus will be saved somehow. I think by the actions of Drummer, I think she will get some supplies to Cirrus Station, somehow. I think Philip became the asshole his father is. Exactly the same. Same attitude. He is in such a dark place, and I think the last chances of being a considerate person are gone and he is just a copy of his father and whether this will give a big explosion between the two, I don't know. I think his father will eventually appreciate his new attitude and then some way his father will die and Philip will be very sad but on the path where he goes now. I think he will be a copy of his father and his father will be satisfied unless his father still rejects him. Then the chance still is there that he will kill his father. Okay. Greetings. All the best. Fred from the Netherlands.
1: Yeah, well, interesting point regarding Philip, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'm still torn. I don't flip-flopping,
1: know. Flip-flopping. Yeah, yeah. Just like Philip. He's flip-flopping and yeah. which way is he is he ever gonna stay in in one mindset or not?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how this is gonna work out. So I guess we're just gonna all I don't know, wait and see cuz we don't have much left. So, <sighs> I don't know, it's going to be crazy though. Yep, and I do
1: like your thought on drummer uh, actually saving series station with supplies. That would be great to see. And who knows, maybe it'll give Ava a chance to talk to drummer. That would be interesting to see. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> I want that to happen. Let's make it happen, expand.
1: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, as always, Fred, we appreciate hearing your thoughts on each and every episode and looking forward to hearing what you think on the next episode. Thanks, Fred. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. You can send us your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com please review and write us on iTunes and every other platform you use for your podcast with good writings and reviews that helps other fans of the show find us uh, tell your friends and we do hope you're enjoying our podcast
0: and really everyone we want to know what you what think, you think. For real. Yes, <laughs> because I am in awe especially book readers Christina give me a hint of what's happening come on I know you're out there and <laughs> yep. anybody else Help me out. Don't spoil it per se. But you know, hint, hint, hint. But don't forget to check out www.fangirlzone.com where you can check out our contacts page and all the ways to get a hold of us there as well. And slowly but surely, we're fixing everything. It's taken a while, but we're getting there. If you have tips and tricks on fixing the website, I would love to hear you. <laughs> so for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk,
1: I'm Steve. Every time you wake up, you'll be lying next to the reason your boy is dead. I can't be that to you.
0: And I'm Sean S, and until next time.